Chapter Twenty of Love's Shadow by Ada Leveson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Twenty. Bruce has influenza. All women love news of whatever kind. Even bad news gives them merely a feeling of pleasurable excitement, unless it is something that affects them or those they love personally. Edith was no exception to the rule, but she knew that Bruce, on the contrary, disliked it. If it were bad, he was angry and said it served the people right, while if it were good, he thought they didn't deserve it and disapproved strongly. Bruce spent a great deal of his time and energy in disapproving, generally of things and people that were no concern of his. As is usually the case, this high moral attitude was caused by envy. Bruce would have been much surprised to hear it, but envy was the keynote of his character, and he saw everything that surrounded him through its vague mist. All newspapers made him furious. He regarded everything in them as a personal affront from the fashionable intelligence describing the political dinners in Berkeley Square, or dances in Curzon Street, where he thought he should have been present in the important character of host, to notices of plays, plays which he felt he could have written so well. Even sensational thefts irritated him. Perhaps he unconsciously fancied that the stolen things, crown jewels and so forth, should by rights have been his, and that he would have known how to take care of them births, marriages and deaths, annoyed him intensely. If he read that Lady So-and-so had twin sons, the elder of whom would be heir to the titles and estates, he was disgusted to think of the injustice that he hadn't a title and estates for Archie to inherit, and he mentally held the newly arrived children very cheap, feeling absolutely certain that they would compare most unfavourably with his boy, excepting, of course, in the accident of their worldly circumstances, also, although he was proud of having married and fond of Edith, descriptions of society weddings of the week drove him absolutely wild, wild to think that he and Edith, who deserved it, hadn't had an archbishop, choir-boys, guardsmen with crossed swords to walk under, and an amethyst brooch from a member of the royal family at their wedding. New discoveries in science pained him for he knew that he would have thought of them long before, and carried them out much better, had he only had the time. Bruce had had influenza, and when Edith came in with her news, she could not at once make up her mind to tell him, fearing his anger. He was lying on the sofa with the paper, grumbling at the fuss made about the Sicilian players, of whom he was clearly jealous. She sat down by his side and agreed with him. "'I'm much worse since you went out.' "'You know the usual results of influenza, don't you? "'Heart failure or nervous depression liable to lead to suicide.' "'But you're much better, dear. "'Dr. Braithwaite said it was wonderful how quickly you threw it off.' "'Threw it off? Yes. "'But that's only because I have a marvellous constitution and great will-power. "'If I happened to have had less strength and vitality, "'I might easily have been dead by now. "'I wish you'd go and fetch me some cigarettes, dear. "'I have none left.' "'She got up and went to the door.' "'What are you fidgeting about, Edith?' said he. "'Can't you keep still? "'It's not at all good for a convalescent to have a restless person with him.' "'Why, I was only going to fetch—' "'I know you were. "'But you should learn repose, dear. First you go out all the morning, and when you come home you go rushing about the room.' She sat down again and decided to tell him. "'You'll be glad to hear,' she said, "'that Hyacinth and Cecil Reeve are engaged.' 
They are to be married in the autumn.' Guessing she expected him to display interest, he answered irritably, "'I don't care. It has nothing to do with me.' "'No, of course not.' "'I never heard anything so idiotic as having a wedding in the autumn. A most beastly time, I think. November fogs.' "'I heard something else,' said Edith, "'which surprised me much more.' "'Fancy! Lord Selsey's going to be married to Mrs. Raymond. Isn't that extraordinary?' "'Lord Selsey? A widower? Disgusting! I thought he pretended to be so fond of his first wife.' "'He was, dear, I believe. But she died eighteen years ago, and, instead of telling me all this tittle-tattle, it would be much better if you did as I asked you, Edith, and fetched me the cigarettes. I've asked you several times. Of course, I don't want to make a slave of you.' I'm not one of those men who want their wives to be a drudge. But after all, they're only in the next room. It isn't a very hard task, and I'm very weak, or I'd go myself. She ran out, and brought them back before he could stop her again. "'Who is this Mrs. Raymond?' he then asked. "'Oh, she's a very nice woman, a widow, really quite suitable in age to Lord Selsey, not young. She's not a bit pretty, and not in his set at all.' He took the most violent fancy to her at first sight, it seems. She had vowed never to marry again, but he persuaded her. "'Well,' said Bruce, striking a match, "'they didn't consult me. They must go their own way. I'm sorry for them, of course. Lord Selsey always seemed to me a very agreeable chap, so it seems rather a pity. At the same time, I suppose it's a bad thing, in the worldly sense, for Reeve. "'And that's satisfactory.' "'Oh, I think he's all right,' said Edith, and she smiled thoughtfully. "'You're always smiling, Edith,' he complained, "'particularly when I have something to annoy me.' "'Am I? "'I believe I read in the answers to correspondence in home chirps "'that a wife should always have a bright smile "'if her husband seemed depressed. "'Good heavens, how awful! "'Why, it would be like living with a Cheshire cat.' Edith warmly began to defend herself from the accusation, when Bruce stopped her by saying that his temperature had gone up, and asking her to fetch the clinical thermometer. Having snatched it from her and tried it, he turned pale, and said in a hollow voice, "'Telephone to Braithwaite. At once. Say it's urgent. Poor little Edith!' "'What is it?' she cried in a frightened voice. "'I'd better not tell you,' he said, trying to hide it. "'Tell me! Oh, tell me!' "'It's a hundred and nineteen. Now don't waste time. You meant no harm, dear, but you worried and excited me. It isn't your fault. Don't blame yourself. Of course, you would do it.' "'Oh, I know what it is,' cried Edith. "'I dipped it in boiling water before I gave it to you.' "'Idiot! You might have broken it,' said Bruce. The explanation seemed to annoy him very much. Nevertheless, he often referred afterwards to the extraordinary way his temperature used to jump about, which showed what a peculiarly violent, virulent, dangerous form of influenza he had had, and how wonderful it was that he had thrown it off, in spite of Edith's inexperienced, not to say careless, nursing, entirely by his own powerful will and indomitable courage. End of chapter 20